Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Jesus reminds us to watch for the signs of his return. Today, we will explore further what we are seeing in our times that line up with what signs he said would indicate the potential of the end and his return. We will also discuss the practical meaning of this as we watch and as a remnant, prepare as he so leads. And now your host, Richard Case. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you doing today? I am doing great. Thanks. I know that you just came off a uh, a great uh, retreat weekend in uh, uh, Shepherd's View Ranch up in New Hampshire. Yeah. And, no, it uh, was such a sweet time. We missed you and Linda there for sure, um, but it yeah. was a fantastic weekend. Yeah, and, it always is. Yeah. What you be, would have enjoyed it. Yep. What, what can be better getting in the Word of God, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Going, going deeper, talking about deliverance and uh, uh, overcoming, and that uh, the life of David. It was a it's a great great study. Uh, we have that as a course actually, and I pray that people can go and learn that because it's a great great insight about mm-hmm. uh, internal things. One thing about deliverance, uh, it's kind of a misunderstood process. Um, the way that the church has adopted it. And uh, there's things called a deliverance ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way they characterize it is, you know, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to deliver you from this oppression and spiritual warfare and things that you're engaged in. Uh, Cause there's a problem, uh, including what they call generational curses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to break generational curses. Um, so they look, they, they, they take the concept of deliverance and that if you come and do this transaction or you do this activity, mm. you're delivered. Mm-hmm. And um, the way that the work spiritually is that um, do you have... Uh, demonic things happening around you, yes. Um, mostly as a believer, uh, and this is characterized in Psalm 103, is that we all carry destructive patterns. Right. Uh, and these are things that uh, in the in the world, in the natural, uh, it caused us to have a wound in our soul, and the and the soul is deter is de, is described as the seat, the place of my emotion, my intellect, my personality, my uh, will, mm-hmm. um, and the way that I function. And we all grow up with what we call soul wounds mm-hmm. because we live in an imperfect world and we have a sinful nature that falls into patterns. Right. So that, uh, you know, for example, um, anger uh, is natural, but it can it can turn into a pattern where anything can set you off mm-hmm. because it just irritates you uh, so that uh, you can you can observe or experience people that irrationally blow up, let's say. 
because their pattern uh, is uh, reacting with anger or I react with pornography or something else uh, of a wound that's inside of my soul. Which right. Is, which yeah. Is, there's something that triggers that. Which is, and triggers you it. Go and into and those, it's, yeah. it's things like rejection, uh, disappointment. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that I deal with a lot is um, people have grown up, and, they're, and they're, I'm talking about adults now that are either in the 30s, 40s, 50s, even 60s, of um, their parents, particularly dad, uh, required them to be perfect. Mm-hmm. So that they could be, you know, 95% of something very well. And dad would focus on, yeah, but you didn't Just do this. not good enough. And yeah. You, and you got to do better and get better and get it right. And so they grow up with a deep insecurity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm never good enough. Uh, now, by the way, they carry that into their relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that, well, God doesn't think I'm good enough because that's the way I've always thought of myself. Right. Um, uh, and I'll try not to, try not to. And it's, this is this is kind of funny, really. Um, so I'm talking to people about you're trying too hard to be perfect. Are you willing to let God, God heal you? And they say yes. And then they say this. How do I do that properly? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I get that as a perfectionist yeah. type person. Yeah. I understand. How do I where do that? that? How do from? I do that correctly? <laughs> and I'm going to really try hard to do it correctly. It's like, yep. that's, that's the whole point. <laughs> no, you know, you got to be healed of it. So uh, mm. deliverance is um, uh, a lot of times it is there. There is a, a piece of it that what they have is correct, and that is that we cast away the work of the enemy. Mm-hmm. To keep reinforcing that pattern or that or right. that response or that curse, you know, that you think generationally. But you can't look at it as a single event. Right. You're not delivered. It's I now have the freedom to pursue, you know, following God and abiding in him and letting his spirit do the work of transformation. Right. Um, and, and you can read it in real something simpler like Galatians 5. The fruit of the spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. That's not something we go do. Right. It's something we become as the nature of Christ heals us so that deliverance isn't an event and it is not um, uh, something that happens once. It's it's an opportunity now to go deeper and walk in the spirit. And by the way, it can be lost. Mm. So that um, it explains why, you know, for example, um, how do, uh, let's say, ministers and people that are in public ministry wind up committing adultery? Uh, mostly it's they stop abiding yeah, and actually just walking with yeah. God. So yeah. it, it, see, it's not that, well, I, I've got this taken care of. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's rather I stopped being with God mm-hmm. and I went back to the flesh and my flesh patterns got reestablished and I fell and um, I, I wasn't delivered from it. I rather fell back into it. Why? Well, because you stopped abiding. Mm-hmm. So that's why you and I are so important on uh, talking about uh, when you overcome, when you deliver, be it delivered, it's uh, you will be delivered and you will overcome, but you got to stay with God 
Right. And let him continue. And it's a step-by-step daily surrender, daily walking with him, daily letting him live in and through you. Right. Uh, It's a step-by-step process of uh, knowing that we are uh, processing, we're following, we're experiencing, you know, the very, very life of God. Um, So it's, it's a real uh, trust factor uh, of what we have there to, to believe it. So um, I just wanted to kind of uh, bring that up since I know you just went through that uh, process right? And, uh, and that was, you know, reinforced. So that's a good thing. Um, yeah, that was, that was a phenomenal study. I don't know if that one is online yet. If it's not, we should definitely uh, look at putting that one on the podcast uh, yes, down the road because yes. it's very, very good. Um, and transformational and just really looking at the life of David. I think a lot of times people look at deliverance through other lenses and looking at it through the lens of David is really a beautiful, beautiful insight into the process of walking with God. You know, Uh, you and I have been talking about um, the mark of the beast and the end. And uh, we know that uh, Israel, uh, which is the center of it all. uh, There's a couple of things that just happened, by the way. Um, One, um, I think that uh, you and I have talked about uh, Russia has has pretty much uh, tried to replace uh, Saudi Arabia to supply oil to China, right? Which which they are, and so um, the United States is a ally of Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. uh, and by the way, a big user of, of oil and gas from Saudi Arabia, right? Uh, well, the government <laughs> uh, publicly, I'm talking about the United States government, publicly just came out against Saudi Arabia. Oh, that's maybe um, not they the said, smartest thing. And they said, <laughs> they said uh, we don't want you to do what you're doing with oil and gas, and you better stop it. Is this because they are, Saudi Arabia is currently talking about putting some caps on things because they want to keep the pricing high, correct? correct. So they're reducing yeah. supply. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's called, uh, from their point, it's simple economics. Right, supply if, and demand. Supply and demand. <laughs> if, I, if I get less supply, you're going you're gonna to pay more mm-hmm. um, because they've lost volume from uh, China. Um, right. So, and of course, we're trying to get out of a recession, therefore... Wanting gas prices to come, come down, down or come try down. to avoid, you know, right. yeah. Right. So they said, do this. We said, we want you to do this and you better do this or else. <laughs> so Saudi Arabia. How'd that go? It didn't go, it didn't go well. <laughs> Saudi Arabia says, oh yeah? Do you know who we are? Who? Um, they said, we're, we're Muslims and we're based on what we call jihad. Mm-hmm. And even though we're moderate Muslims, our foundation is jihad. And jihad is we, we go after and eliminate everybody that's an infidel. And if mm-hmm. you want to push us to jihad and, we're, and you want us to come after you, we're coming after you. Wow. So it's that's a, a pretty extreme response it's right a, there. It's a big, it's a big <laughs> deal. Um, and it, in my mind... Because right now, interesting enough, uh, remember this is Sunnis and Shiites, mm-hmm. uh, and the Shiites are uh, uh, a Turkey, part of Iraq, Iran, Persia. Uh, the Sunnis are the moderates. They're mm-hmm. they're uh, Saudi Arabia, Jordan, Egypt, and by the way, guess what? 
except for Saudi Arabia, they've all formed formal agreements with Israel. Mm. And there's a reason for that. Uh, one, economic, just, hey, we want to do trade together. Uh, right. But primarily it's, um, we actually, the Sunnis and the Shiites don't get along. Um, right. And they actually attempt to eliminate each other. Uh, the Sunnis would be, or the Shiites would be extreme, and the Sunnis would be more moderate and more uh, allied with the Western uh, world. But uh, they know that the Shiites are dangerous. Mm-hmm. And dangerous because of, of Iran building up nuclear weapons. Mm. And they know that not only can they use them against Israel, which they'd like to do, but they could use them against the other other uh, faction of, of Muslims, which is Sunnis, and actually use it against them. Mm. So guess what? Israel won't allow it because they know that their life is is going to be predicated on never being able to be nuked, nuked because look, think about this. You know how small Israel is, right? Right. Uh, let's say about the state of Delaware. Um, it is funny, just by the way, just to think about a state that small actually yeah. having the sphere of influence and the power that it does. It does, yeah. Um, you know? But if a nuclear bomb got sent to Israel in the middle of Israel, mm-hmm. that's it. It's over. Mm-hmm. The entire country would be wiped out. Uh, and the Iranians, the Shiites, say, we're, we're coming after you and we're developing the nuclear bomb to come after you. Mm. Well, so so Israel says, well, we're not going to let that happen. So what they do is they continually bomb supplies that are getting into the nuclear system, and they consistently do uh, hacking, software hacking, mm-hmm. to shut down their system. Okay, so the, the Sunnis, the reason that they have relationship with Israel in a positive way is keep doing what you're doing. Uh, go against them. You stay with mm-hmm. us. Go against them. You do what you have to do. We can't do it, but you can. Um, and we, we like that. And then Saudis have not have a formal alliance treaty with them, but they have an informal one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, we support you. Okay. Well, with the shift where the America, interesting enough, just pushed Saudi Arabia, who's the powerhouse, to say, oh, yeah. If you push us and you come against us, you're pushing us to jihad and we're going back out and going to go after everybody, including probably Israel. Mm. Well, we know something. In the end, that's exactly what happens, is that all of these alliances that are currently in place get broken and all of the nations of the world, particularly the Middle East, goes against Israel. Uh, And it was a big, big, big response that showed something like, oh, now we could see how it could develop that mm. the whole, that the Middle East could wind up going against Israel. It had all which, come a crisp, which will, that's which, prophetic, which, it, that's gonna, already been said, happen. yes. Um, okay, the second mm. thing we've talked about is the Israeli election coming up November 1st. Um, and um, I made a statement that uh, Netanyahu's party, Likud, was... Uh, and the polls was at a point where they alone could uh, gain majority, mm-hmm. uh, which was stated that Netanyahu's party 
uh, could gain majority. So that's what it was stated. But I did some research on that because uh, I was just checking and see, okay, where is it today? Right. And what I found out is, no, I, my statement wasn't completely accurate. Um, one is it wasn't just his party Likud, but it was the alliance that already has allied itself with uh, Netanyahu's party. Mm. And so all of the two or three different parties that um, they kind of line up ahead of time. I'm with this group or I'm with that group. Mm-hmm. And the ones with, with Netanyahu, right now, uh, you need 61 uh, seats in the Knesset to be able to claim majority and then set up the government. Right. Uh, well, they're, the polls say that that alliance, not, not just Netanyahu's party alone, but the alliance that, that it represents goes from 59 to 63. Hmm. So if they get the 61, then that'll automatically put them in place. Wow. If, if they get less than that, they have to go work and see if they can get somebody on the other side mm-hmm. to come into their alliance. So it's not as easy as I said, where all he's got to do is get another party. It's he would have to get a party that's already aligned itself with opposition. Oh, wow. Okay. So um, we'll see. We're going to see the big the big outcome of this uh, November the 1st. Uh, yeah. And this that, is so when we're taping this early, but this is coming out on October 28th. So it's right yeah. around the corner. So it's right around the corner. Yeah. And uh, we'll we'll actually be uh, uh, probably taping another one or two before the November 1st. So as soon as we actually <laughs> tape after November 1st, we'll we'll give the uh, outcome of that. But everybody, yeah, that'll be interesting everybody to should see. look watch in their paper and mm-hmm. on the news. What happens? Uh, did Netanyahu, who's a very pro uh, uh, in a sense, biblical, uh, God gave us this land. I'm mm-hmm. not giving up this land. We're, we're going to protect the country, which by the way, we know something, and this is really interesting. They do get opposed at the very, at the, during the tribulation, uh, the enemy, our antichrist said, I'm God and I'm going to annihilate Israel. Mm-hmm. And if I could just get rid of Israel and it's God, the world will be great. And hmm. guess what? The whole world says, I agree. Um, wow. And they see what's happening with the Antichrist as good and what Israel has done and is doing as bad. Mm-hmm. Okay, at the end, which we'll see here in a second, God comes with his wrath against the world because mm-hmm. the Antichrist says, I'm God. Uh, the entire world doesn't even consider that maybe what's going on because of the Antichrist is because the God is actually doing something to the world. They reject that and just say, if we could eliminate Israel and their God, who's bad, then we're going to be back to taking over and everything will be great, which is what Satan's trying to do. Uh, so the, so the election is really, really important because Netanyahu is one who is strong and I believe a player because why? Israel doesn't get destroyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they actually exist, they actually function, and they became the bearers of Jesus Christ in the end. And then at the very end is the Battle of Armageddon when Christ returns. Right. Uh, so it's really, it's really, really interesting to watch. Uh, but uh, you and I have been talking about the mark of the beast, uh, and uh, we want to just summarize it again. And I want to talk about this mark a little bit. So go to uh, uh, Deuteronomy 13. 
and I think it's, uh, what is it, verses uh, 16 to 18 there? Uh, Deuteronomy 13, Revelation no, sorry, 13. Revelation, Revelation. Okay. Yes, so Revelation 13, 16 to 18 says, um, He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let he, let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. Yeah. So um, uh, you got to have a mark. And if you agree to this mark, you then can buy and sell. So it's an economic, mm -hmm. e economic system that then translates, by the way, into worship of the beast because he says, I'm God. Right. Um, and remember the beast, the, the sign of the beast or the mark of the beast is the system. It then morphs into the Antichrist because the Antichrist becomes synonymous with now the beast because I run it because he runs it. Right. The false prophet says everybody needs to endorses needs to, it and, basically and be that way. Uh, and so there's there's the mark that determines um, are you willing to follow the beast or not? So that's going to mm -hmm. get OK. Uh, go to go to 16 two. And uh, there's a statement when God's wrath starts in mid-trib, what happens? What does he say? It says, so the first went and poured out his bowl upon the earth, and a foul and loathsome sore came upon the men who had the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. Yeah. Okay, so God says, my wrath comes because the Antichrist now says he's God. And God says that's false, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, he's not God. He's, he's, he's affiliated with the dragon, Satan. He's trying to tell the world that he's God, but he's not. I'm the God, uh, and my wrath is initiated. Uh, and there's there's now judgments in mid-trib all the way through to the end of the tribulation for three mm -hmm. and a half years of uh, coming against the world. And it says in this statement, it comes across against who? Against who specifically? Anyone who has taken the mark of the okay, beast. Anyone. And, and so this is why I think we have to be careful about uh, two things. One is that um, it's possible, and remember, it's, it's not it's not again clear, so we can't say absolutely. But um, we know there's a rapture. Mm -hmm. um, rapture could be pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. In this scenario, this is occurring post-mid-trib, so it's between mid-trib and okay. the end, and the end. So, okay. so either uh, believers have been taken out, you know, at the pre-trib or mm -hmm. mid-trib. Um, okay. But it says everybody who took the mark of the beast. So it's possible that if you take the mark of the beast as a believer, you aren't raptured. Oh, interesting. So you got to be careful. Uh, no, we don't. Mm -hmm. We don't have that as an absolute. But right. it implies everybody who took the mark of the beast. Uh, is in fact going to have God's wrath. And mm -hmm. it doesn't say if you took the mark of the beast and you're not a Christian. Right. It doesn't right. say that. It says just if you took the mark of the beast um, and, uh, and it's going to come against you. And then, and then if. So let's, let's clarify ahead. there for just a second, because I know there's questions looming out there. If they've tuned in later in this, you know, we've been doing this for quite a while now. So taking the mark of the beast does not per se like get rid of your salvation 
No. But you're talking about a significant, you know, significant consequence in taking that if you are a believer. Yes. And so we need to pay attention to that. Yes. Now, um, think about salvation. When you're talking about salvation, uh, you're talking about your eternal destiny. Mm-hmm. And that um, uh, there is a statement, uh, and we can go there uh, briefly, but let's go to 1 Corinthians 3 just so that we do uh, understand this. Um, go to uh, 1 Corinthians 3 and read 9 uh, through uh, 17. 1 Corinthians 3, 9 to 17. Yeah. Okay. Um, it says, For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. Keep going. Yes, uh, through okay. 17. If anyone's work, which he has built on it, endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Okay. So um, he says that... Um... What you do during uh, your lifetime mm -hmm. uh, is called works. And works is, right. and he defines work as following me, basically. Um, mm -hmm. uh, in uh, uh, Ephesians 2.10, he says, I've created works for you because you're my workmanship to walk mm -hmm. in them to fulfill, you know, what I have for you. So, uh, and, and you build it on Jesus Christ by following Jesus Christ. Right. Um, he said, well, if you're in the flesh... And everything you do is worthless, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, it'll be burned up. It'll have no value. Mm -hmm. You'll experience lost here. But because you truly receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, mm -hmm. you get to go to heaven. Um, and there'll be a reward there for you or not a reward there for you, but it's still going to be fantastic. So, right. so it doesn't mean that you lose your opportunity to wind mm -hmm. up in eternal eternal life with him if we've truly received that transaction if we've truly received it yeah, and yeah. so we want to be paying attention and walking with him because if he if we are truly walking with him though the holy spirit will give us discernment it's whether we pay attention to that discernment and are obedient as he says this is the mark don't take it that's right, that's right. and the uh, there are a couple of uh situations scriptures that uh i do i do challenge some people on this um because uh, there's, two, there's two statements that are made in the New Testament that, one, you will know them by their fruit. Mm. Uh, you'll know if you're, if you're saved by your fruit. And mm -hmm. fruit, remember, is a product of God, of, of uh, circumstances that, that start to be overcome. You actually talked about that in your, in your retreat last weekend. And then your nature... Uh, starts to exhibit this fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, mm -hmm. patience, kindness, gentleness. You see it. You can see it. You can observe it. Uh, so he said, you'll know them by their fruit. 
And then two is that uh, there's a statement where people come to Christ and say, um, would you uh, make sure that we, we get, go with you to heaven? He says, I never knew you. Mm, I know, you, I, I know right. you did religious things in my name, mm-hmm. but I never knew I never, you never actually had me as your Lord and Savior. I didn't have relationship with you and I never knew you and I cast you out into the outer darkness. Depart from me. Okay, so we know that people think that they're saved, mm-hmm. but that there are situations where they're not. Uh, so when, when uh, people that I'm dealing with um, are not exhibiting any fruit, Right. Um, and we, and I, and I don't, I'm, this isn't my role in life, believe me. <laughs> uh, but when I'm around people and it comes up and they talk about salvation, they talk about their place with Christ. Um, I will say, well, do you have any fruit in your life? No. Uh, do you know God? Do you know Christ? Well, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Well, are you abiding in him? Are you having fellowship with him? Are you able to, uh, which we're talking about in our series right now, do you understand prayer and do you understand dialogue and do you understand intimacy? Uh, no. Well, are you sure you're saved? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't say you're not, um, and I can't make that judgment. But what I can say right. is, based on my observation, mm-hmm. I would I would ask you to consider: Do you really think that you know God? And and, and most of the time they say yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say okay. Um, would you like to now know what it means to truly walk with him and enjoy him and be assured that you're going to have fruit and you're going to experience the the beautiful life of God? And let me show you what abiding looks like and walking with him. Would you have a heart to go? Mm. Uh, now, interesting enough, a lot of people say, I, I don't care. Right. Well, are you, are you sure you're saved? Um, and now again, it's, it's strictly a, a, a encouragement mm-hmm. that it's not really about are you saved or not. It's really that since I don't see any evidence of it, don't you want to learn to receive the beautiful life of God? And if you're truly saved, let's go. And if you're not, let me help you confirm it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I know something life with God is fantastic. <laughs> right. Uh, right. So, um, uh, I think it's a, I think it's a really good thought, which is going to lead into our discussion next time about the mark. Cause we still have more to go on this is, um, Taking the mark is going to be another indicator mm-hmm. of are you truly a follower of God right. or not? Now, are you it, listening and walking with Him? It implies we could there could be a lot of people in the boat of First Corinthians thirteen or mm-hmm. three, First Corinthians three, and that is that yes, they are believers, mm-hmm. but they don't build on Christ because they take the mark of the beast and they build on the flesh. Right. And everything they do is worthless, and they may encounter uh, the difficulties that that presents, including mm-hmm. the wrath of God. And, I, and I'll talk about that next time about does God caught, take his wrath out on his children? And the answer is he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to understand that because it seems contradictory to the nature. It's always for the purpose of, hey, I, I want you to come with me. Right. Uh, always, always his goodness leads yeah. to repentance. Yeah. You so know? we'll, we'll, we'll pick this up again. And uh, so stay tuned. I know we, we, uh, we have, uh, uh, interesting discussions as we're, we're trying to get to <laughs> this issue of, does it matter whether you take the mark of the beast or not? Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, tune in and these are all foundational kind of important things to right. know as we get into it. So we'll, we'll pick this up again next time. 
Great. Thanks. I know that today probably raised lots of questions, so be sure to send them in at questions at afjministry.com and we will take our time working through them all. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a great weekend. Yeah, we'll see you then. Welcome to Come and See. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.